got a situation here, Sector K. We're cooking. Let's go, let's go! You magnificent pagan god! Tell me you love me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, tell me, tell me. Where'd you get that oil on your face? Where? Well, it's here. It's here. It's terrible. Thanks. Someday you'll find all who love are blind. A life of danger. My engine's on fire. Can you believe that? And I was in such a good mood. A land of fire. Pete, that dive is way too steep. Pete. They thought their world had ended. I know you can't see me. It had only just begun. But I'm right here. From director Steven Spielberg. Always. Welcome to Ben Beyond Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson. And I am the resident Spielberg fanatic, Justin Kizom. And we're here today to talk about a little film called Always. Always. Had you seen this one prior to this date? I have seen a grand total of three minutes of Always. Wow, okay. <laughs> prior to this date. And how did you like that three minutes prior to this date? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which three minutes were they? Um, I believe... We would have to. I have <laughs> reach to it, dig, reach, reach Pull out deep. that nugget. All I can say is that it's a, it had to have been a scene mm-hmm. between that had to have all four of our main principal characters in it. Yeah. So that's Ted. That's uh, the Helen. Uh, uh, oh my gosh! No, what's your, Del- Dur- Dur- Durin- Dorinda? Dorinda. Uh, Al. Yeah. And Pete. Yeah. So I'm. If anything, I'm almost assuming it was probably like. The the post I'm jumping ahead of it. Yeah. But probably their first real scene they had they all four characters shared. Okay. So and I don't remember much about it. I'll tell you all that I knew about this film going into it. Mm. And when I say new, I've got two uh, thoughts more than facts that I have. <laughs> Prior to having actually watched it, mm-hmm. I thought for some reason I thought Matthew McConaughey might be in this film. Huh. And then thought number two was I think I might be confusing this with Amistad. <laughs> you <laughs> guess what? Matthew McConaughey's an Amistad. <laughs> point out, Matthew cannot be. He had to be like a babyface kid in well, this movie, I right? I think so because he was in Days and Confused in '93. Right. And he was like what, like 20 and that, so he could have been like 18. 18, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like probably around the same age as babyface Ben Stiller was. Yeah, and and part of the sun. Part of the sun, yeah. Um, so that's that's it. That's all you know about. Yeah, which it turns out was not not actually factual. <laughs> it's like it, 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 incorrect, apparently. Yeah, but then I did I did read the tagline mm. just before I watched it. Mm. And the tagline reveals that Travis is going down; he's going to die. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I technically knew that before I watched it as well, but okay. literally right before I watched it. Okay. Um. So okay, like, it, yeah, just dive in, I guess, huh? Yeah. All right. Do you like this movie? <laughs> Dude, that's diving. That's diving in part of the pool I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, Diving in. No, that's good. No, touche, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I think the first 30 minutes, I actually was actually really into it. Yeah. Like, um, because of the, uh, if you, in case you don't know about, uh, in case you don't know Always, period. Like, uh-huh. clearly we did. We did it, too. <laughs> uh, Always is actually a remake of a Spencer Tracy film. I did not know that. Holy crap. Well, here we go. Yeah. Uh, Always is a remake of a Spencer Tracy film called okay. A Guy Named Joe. Side okay. note, I've never seen that film. Is Joe Pete or Al or Ted? Oh, and side note, I have no idea what the movie's called. Okay. A guy named Joe because okay. the character names remain. Okay. Oh, like, that's just... right. Like if if like let's say is it Joe instead of Hop? Maybe is it is it Joe instead of uh... well, actually maybe <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. It, it's Pete. Spencer Tracy plays Pete in that version. Okay. Um, a couple of actors I don't. I'm not really familiar with either. Um, I hear actually I hear that's actually a really great movie. Um. But that movie uh, is also one of Richard Dreyfuss's favorite films of all time. A man called Joe. A guy called Joe. A guy called a guy named Joe. A guy named Joe. It's so one of how I'm British. It's one of uh, it's one of Richard Dreyfuss's favorite movies of all time. Okay. It's one of Spielberg. Spielberg has admitted that's one of his most influential films growing up. Okay. So I guess like some backstory on the making of the film is that this was a movie that they were talking about a lot while hmm. making Jaws. Oh. Like they just quote that movie. They, they talk scenes, they just talk about, you know, Richard Dreyfuss has said he's probably seen that movie by the time of Brown Jaws 35 times. Huh. So it's one of his favorite movies of all time. Interesting, because mm-hmm. I would say one of my primary problems with this film was the seeming lack of passion and lack of direction. <laughs> Which is odd, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I watched Jaws again recently, too, mm-hmm. just because it was Thursday. <laughs> That's a good film, Justin. Sometimes it's, you know, it's what you do. Yeah. Um, also, that movie set in... It was made in 1943, so clearly World War II is a big... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, was it... So were they World War II pilots? They were World War II pilots. So that gives that's a little... There's a little fun to John Goodman's little speech and the thing at the one point. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, Dolly, one of those... Of course, of course, Stephen, you love this movie. It's yeah. like World War II. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm legitimately shocked. You didn't set it in that time period. Um, maybe that's... And that's kind of a weird thing about that movie, too, because you can see that the remake element is, well, how do you remake a movie about pilots... Yeah. Um, pilots are doing things dangerously. Yeah. But make it modern. Yeah. Because clearly, I mean, like, I mean, maybe that's even something subconsciously Stephen did. It's like I literally did back-to-back movies set between the 1930s and 40s. I have to not do this again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to have something somewhat contemporary. <laughs> um, so they they changed it from uh, World War II pilots to uh, uh, forest oh, fires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, forest fire fighter pilot. Uh, for the forest fire pilot. Pilots, you know, dump the like water and chemicals onto onto a forest fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say that that change kind of leads to uh, one of my favorite moments in the movie mm-hmm. when John Goodman is is saying how this reminds him of the war. Mm-hmm. And it comes to a point where he says, you know, but the thing is, we're not we're not fighting the war. <laughs> yeah. we're we're just putting out fires. So you're not a hero. You're more what I would call a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I actually really like that. Yeah, that moment a lot. Um, we're kind of jumping a little bit everywhere, but yeah, I, let's let's let's. Let's focus a little bit. The film opens on yeah. uh, two, two guys uns- fishing. Two unsuspecting guys fishing. Yeah. And very far in the back of the shot, yeah. you see something moving. Yeah. And before you say Jaws, yeah. it's not. <laughs> the point is, if you're in water in a Spielberg movie, you better look you, out. You better look out. Yeah, something's coming yeah, for you. You should probably <laughs> jump out of that boat. Do you think Spielberg, something happened to him in the water as a youth? I, at this point, <laughs> we've watched enough for me to go, that's a high possibility. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Um, and yeah, no, we, that's it, uh, that's kind of our first introduction. And that's actually a pretty nice introduction. I kind of like that. I like yeah. the kind of quiet 
opening yeah. to something that's a little more hectic. Yeah. Um, and that's basically our first real glimpses of uh, Al and Pete in their two separate Yes, they're, they've got, they're, they're the fire eaters, is what it says on their plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to put out a fire. Uh, Dreyfus gets a little cocky. Mm-hmm. Pete, we call him, tries to stay out a little longer than maybe he should. Yep. Runs out of fuel. And now it's a real tense situation for him to get back to the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, he almost dies. And this is like... So keep in mind, I read the tagline right before I watched this where I, the tagline is basically, Check it out, Dreyfus dies. Uh, <laughs> that was he's always with them even after he's gone I think that was the time which is a pretty shit time like, come on guys but uh so this was this was especially stressful for me because I was I was I was like oh he's gonna die right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't though right he's got a nice handshake as he as he's trying to play it cool but he's clearly realized he's gone, gone a little too far this time right um and then uh at the same time he lands mm-hmm. uh, also a uh, candy gram plane thing lands right wing on a prayer right and it's a man delivering a present to holly hunter mm-hmm. who we, we we get the feeling is richard Travis's lady yes Oops. holly hunter D- uh, her, again her character name is dorinda dur stunt sure dorinda is her name though dorinda and every uh, single time richard Travis says that he says drinda he skips right over that or yeah. But it doesn't sound like a nickname, it just seems like he pronounces her name differently yeah, than everybody yeah. else. It's just, it's a <laughs> Which makes the whole proceedings very confusing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, she also, it's worth pointing out, has the most... Her, her hair is the most dated thing I've ever seen in this movie. <laughs> because, holy shit, is that haircut right out of 1989. <laughs> um, so I, but this is Holly Hunter. Yeah. And I, man, do I love me some Holly Hunter. Oh, she's great. And, she's and a treasure. She's very good in this film. Yeah. By far, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah, no, like, uh, she's got the, and this is clearly that part of the film, this, this is clearly, oh, this is, like I said, the movie's uh, a remake of a 1940s film. Yeah. So their dialogue is the most straight out of a 1940s sure. film. Yeah. Um, they're, the way they talk to each other, the way they interact, I almost feel like that's, that was basically what Richard and Stephen wanted to do more than anything else. Yeah. It's to do that, that sort of, like, 1940s, like, yeah. uh, like, I wouldn't say slaps, I wouldn't say, uh. Slapstick, no, it's, but it's more of just the witty back and forth. Yeah, do you think it works between them? Sometimes. I, Sometimes it, it feels really forced, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it feels forced, and it also feels like they kind of they were so jazzed about doing that that they kind of felt failed to really develop a, <laughs> a relationship or a reason to care about it, them. It's just it's very much, and I think this is again it always is in that pitfall of similar to nineteen forty one. Yeah, where it's Stephen going more into aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Than really understand, really having a fully grasp of of the story. Yeah, because um, there's a lot, especially in this early sequence. Because uh, there's a the candy gram is actually for Dorinda. Yeah, uh, it's a birthday candy gram. Yes, and this is also where we're introduced to the character of Ted. Yeah, aka uh, Clark Kent, based on what he looks like. <laughs> aka the most boring actor. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I called him Clark Kent specifically, and never Superman. I also think I also like to call him uncharming Josh Brolin. Sure, he looks yeah. a lot like Josh Brolin now. Yeah. Ironically, Josh Brolin would later star in Goonies, or would also star in Goonies, produced by Steven Spielberg. But yeah. this is not that Josh Brolin. Yeah, especially no, this is boring Josh Brolin. Yeah, he this guy's is not very good. He's not. Uh, it's act, uh, I'm sorry to shit on you, Brad Johnson. This yeah. the actor played Ted Baker, but and it's you, a tough thing because this movie, this whole movie is based on Richard Dreyfuss loving Holly Hunter mm-hmm. and this guy loving Holly Hunter. Yeah, and with Dreyfuss, I feel like this the just overall 
direction led it down where you I mm. never quite got the feeling that they were in love. Right. And then on the other end, uh, Brad Armstrong, was that his name? Yeah. He lets it down because he's just a fucking wet blanket, yeah. nothing. <laughs> and I don't get the feeling that he's really in love. So literally, so, the only person who feels like who is in love proper and Pete is Al. Yeah. Because John Goodman's John, the shit. <laughs> John Goodman's the best. He, yes. He, he is good in any movie he's in. Oh my gosh. Um, and also, it, fun fact for those fans out there mm-hmm. uh, he played well, basically the, the Quint equivalent in Arachnophobia which was Jaws but with spiders instead that's right. of a shark he's fucking great in that movie too yeah, he is. and yes for you Cohen folks this is a mini Raising Arizona yeah. reunion yeah. between Holly Hunter and, and John Goodman yeah. um, except this one she doesn't hate the guts out of them no. <laughs> <laughs> they're best friends here yeah. um, so no uh, yeah the, the, the candy gram is for Dorinda yeah. um, her and Pete uh, this is establishing their they're quirky and kind of off kilter. We love each other, but we hate each other on the, the like public. Fight flirting. Fight flirting. Yeah. Continuous fight flirting. Yeah. Um, and John Goodman's uh, he's up on helium in the background. That's that's fun. That's a pretty fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I always good. I always enjoy a good Woody Woodpecker joke. Sure. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, then we kind of go through the this party with Dorinda. I think that, and this is where the most like Stephen loving nineteen forties films yeah. really comes into play, but. Mixing in 80s. And it's not the best effect. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It doesn't really gel. Yeah. Like, what's the thing? This is one gag that I thought was cute where all the boys, uh, all the, the, all the, all the, the, the men wanted to, you know, like Dorinda's in this dress that, uh, that, uh, Pete yeah. got her. Yeah. Um, which I want to side note on that is like conflicting on how I feel about that, that, what that scene means now. Yeah, you know it's it's a you know it's like oh like oh you treat me like a woman. <laughs> Is that problematic now? I don't know. It's uh, kind of off now. I, just... I mean, I could. I think it's it's kind of just past the line because I mean she's in this mm-hmm. environment where she's just always wearing the leather jacket and whatnot. I, right. I see how she maybe sometimes likes to feel pretty. Yeah. So I, uh, it's possibly fine. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the dancing bit. Mm. So where I mean what what the hell is this? It's some like it's a party. It's a dance. It's a. Is it just a mess hall where all the fire planes yeah, guys eat? Like and, I don't know. And it's for her birthday. Even but like everyone loves her that much. To, I mean I guess it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's that. I mean that's where it's weird. It's right. like why is everyone so into? Holly? No offense, to Holly Hunter, but no. it's just weird that like. This is not World War II. It's not mm-hmm. like these are, are guys right. who are away at war never seeing a woman. Right. <laughs> it's because I think this is the miscon. This is the problem with this. Yeah. Is that it's supposed to create this sort of community. Yeah. Of uh, of like a fighter pilot of, of firemen and, and pilots. Yeah. But we're kind of not. But since it's it thrown, never really gels. It never gels, and since you're kind of thrown into the midst of it in yeah. the beginning of the film, um, you don't really see how everyone does connect to each other yeah you know not even the guys in the back you know yeah like there's no you know there's no real clear definition of how everyone you know like loves pete or loves dorinda loves al or etc you know yeah. it's it's a they're all very background they're all very background um, uh, there's one particular gag that I, I feel like it's the most 1940s out of all of them mm-hmm. in that in the sit was like ever like all the boys are about right there like they want to have you know dorinda's like all right if you're gonna dance no, you gotta yeah, clean yourself it seems up. Yeah, so like just such a weird break from the right. movie because it just seemed completely unrealistic. So they do this like, kind of nearly cartoonic bit. Yeah. Um, where you know, like Dreyfus has like all these like towels, and the men are cleaning themselves up, and the yeah. towels are white, and then when the men are done cleaning, the towels are like coal black. Yeah. And I'm like, I 
can see this is that weird thing where I go, I can see Spielberg laughing at that gag. Yeah. I can see Richard laughing at that <laughs> They're gag. They're a little disconnected from everyone else, maybe. Because <laughs> it doesn't con- yeah, because like I said, it doesn't gel. Yeah. And this whole thing's like, this is a nineteen forties gag, but then here's music from the eighties yeah. and then it's shot like more like an eighties movie, but these are nineteen forties stuff going on. Yeah. And it's like these two worlds that I'm like nothing's really connecting. They don't mix well. They don't mix well. Uh, I, you know, I, that's my jam, is like movies where it's set, I, I love like a movie that's set like a, a weird little community that you ne- wouldn't necessarily think about. Mm-hmm. And this should be that, but it just, it never actually feels like a community because right. we only ever see the three people. Mm-hmm. Four, if you count, uh, no, 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 Clark Kent, uh, Todd, <laughs> Todd, 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 who cares? Todd, I'm gonna call him. I don't care what his name really is. He's Todd. I don't care if you correct me, Justin. I don't care if you say correctly. Todd is a, is a wet Todd. blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Todd, who is just staring Holly Hunter down throughout this whole dance it's sequence. Not romantic, you know? no, it's not romantic. It's not It's borderline creepy. You know? He yeah. wants to like go, just go ahead and snatch that borderline right out of that sentence. He's creepy. You know? <laughs> and it's like, it's this thing where it's like, all the other guys are like kind of getting in line, and he's it's like, should I? Should I not? And I I always feel like that's that has that's how the scene should have been played by him, right? It's like I yeah. should let me go. No, I shouldn't. Yeah. But instead, he's just standing there trying to see if he can. He's kind of creepily well, he's, staring yeah. at her and smiling. He's like, is it my turn yet? Yeah. And I'm like, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, bear in <laughs> mind, like this is he's the candy ram guy. He yeah. just shows up here for a day. He doesn't know her. <laughs> he's already trying to horn in on the dancing. That is a creep move. Um, uh, Goodman had another line here somewhere that I like though I mm. forget where it is he comes up to Driver and he says you know where this place reminds me of mm. and then Driver says bet you a beer you'll tell me and then the two beers come and he says you lose he makes him pay for the beer <laughs> that is that, I feel like that is the kind of witty 40s talk you would get but like, here it works and here it works yeah. and it's I, it's funny I almost feel like maybe because the, the romance is just yeah, I think because the the romance is just so not established, those scenes all just mm. kind of stilted. We get like we already got a clear idea of Pete and Al's relationship in the opening of the film. Yeah. That that stuff seems more uh, connected. Can I ask you a general question about the film right now? Yes. How do you feel about Richard Dreyfuss' acting as a whole in this? In this film? Yeah. <sighs> and I do love me some Richard Dreyfuss. Me too. But I I'm, I feel like I'm with you. He's, he's like you see you can, my size a yeah. big answer isn't it? Yeah. And I feel like he's. He's more excited to be in A Guy Named Joe than to be really playing the role. Right? <laughs> because I, by the end of the movie, I still think I still think he's kind of just like a dickhead who I yeah. don't care about. No, no. It, yeah, and that's... Side note, this is also... The funny thing to me is that I'm actually more aware of Richard Dreyfuss in the 80s. Mm-hmm. To me, that was also like the, how, I was, how I saw him in movies. Is Richard Dreyfuss was kind of pushing early 40s. Yeah. Uh, that mustache, and that mustache, doesn't that mustache? Doesn't that add an extra ten years? To and I have to question: age? Do you, did you need the mustache in this film? It's so distracting. <laughs> does Spencer Tracy have a mustache? He does not. Okay, so well, maybe that was them trying to eighties it up. <laughs> maybe is it? Like Richard Richard Dreyfus of the eighties has a mustache. We've we got to bring this into the modern age. He's got to have a mustache. But okay, let me ask you this then: Do you think he's too old for the part? Uh or you think he's all right? Yeah, it. it, it, it as a hotshot pilot. Yeah, I mean... Who's, de- who's, who's wooing uh, Holly Hunter who's probably a good 10 years younger than him. I mean, that's the Hollywood norm. Right. No, no, true. Um, even, in, even back in the... Even in the Spencer <laughs> Tracy movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Spencer is about 10 years, if not more, yeah. older than the, the actress who played the lead in that film. 
I mean, it, well, it's the weird thing where they 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 don't really portray him as the hotshot young pot. They portray him as the hotshot pilot who's like everyone's like Joe or Pete retire. But yeah, you, yeah, you that's true. they do play that game. up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I just felt like there there was really nothing. He was just trying to be kind of witty throughout the whole film. Yeah, and it wasn't really funny. Yeah, he seemed like a just a sort of sociopathic dickhead who yeah. was not invested. Even as he's a ghost, like he still <laughs> didn't seem as invested yeah, he as he should some have shit. been. As a ghost, which I'm going, you know, the aim, you know, <laughs> Hap told you you're helping this guy. Yeah. Why are you in da- two minutes in? You're fucking him over. Yeah. What are you doing? And he gives like a cocky laugh. And I love Drivers, but he can't pull that off. No. He can't pull off a dick that we still love. You know, who can Harrison Ford can. No. You know, who can Joel McHale can. Yeah. You know, come out is Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. No, and I, it's yeah, it's it's a part. It's a thing where I go. Knowing that he's such a huge fan of the original film, yeah, it, this is, is coming up more as a I'm in the movie that's that, that, I'm in the Spencer Tracy part, yeah. as opposed to Richard, get that out of your head. Yeah, you're playing Pete. Pete. Yeah, you know? <laughs> who's Pete? Yeah, who are you? What? Who are you as an actor? Because it's your job. Yeah, but he's more into the exciting. He seemed so more excited, as well as Stephen. Yeah, to do this type of stuff that uh, as opposed to crafting a movie. That's new, yeah. Based on that concept, yeah. Um, which almost is the actual real problem of the, of the film. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> um, Knowing this is also the last time Richard and Stephen have worked together. Do you think they were, <laughs> after you, this they took a hard look at each other? Like, you know what? Maybe we're bad for each other. <laughs> we just feed into each other's I, stuff. Which is gotta... the thing that I feel that that Johnny Depp and Tim Burton must have finally finally said a couple years back. It was like, what if we're poison? Well, what was Tim Burton's last movie. Which it, with the with the Johnny Depp? No, it was his last movie. Oh, Tim Burton's last movie? Yeah. Wasn't it Alice in Wonderland with Johnny Depp in it? Uh, no, no, Big Eyes with Christoph oh, Waltz. Oh, Big Eyes. With Christoph Waltz and Amy. That's Adams. true, Johnny Depp is not in that film. No. Alright. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, uh, that's my theory. I was yeah, like, one point like, they both like, you know, maybe we're bad for each other. Yeah. <laughs> and this is maybe this now is the case. Now I'm looking at all the director actor duos that split up, and I'm wondering. Like, yeah, when did because like you know like the one I'm looking that I would love to still see is is uh, Scorsese and De Niro. Yeah, and I think De Niro means it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then they've like I forgot was was it Casino? Casino was the last one I did to go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know, I like Casino, but yeah, it's no Goodfellas. No, no, I, but no. What movie is right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's, uh, that's me. I shouldn't. Have... But it's like also Casino is like I feel like the two best parts of that movie are, are uh, Sharon Stone and uh, Don Rickles. <laughs> so yeah. it's like maybe he had squeezed all the juice out of De Niro. That's true. <laughs> in that type of role, right? Because yeah. that's another thing too. He's like yeah. he. The last one was like, oh look, you were doing another movie where you're a mobster. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was worried for a while that uh, John Goodwin and the Coens had had that conversation, but then he showed up in Inside Lewin Davis, and I was like, all right, yeah, it's not just over yet. right. Yeah. He's in it still just, good. Still so good. So just enough, just yeah, right. Yeah, we played all the notes. <laughs> uh, um, let's get back to Always. <laughs> always, though. Who John Goodwin again? Really great in this movie. Yeah, John Goodwin's great. Holly Hunter's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Holly Hunter... <laughs> But Holly Hunter is great given what she's working with, right. which is two, and there's some two scenes, non-starters to uh, sharing scenes with. Agreed. No, there's some, and there's some scenes I'm like, ooh, Holly, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And there's other scenes I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I run into those... Trying. Well, the sad part, again, is the, eh, is with Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah, And I think exactly, there's, there's yeah. no chemistry between them. Not at all. Mm-mm. Um, 
What about Audrey Hepburn in this movie? We'll get to ah. when we get one right. Yeah. Let's get to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're drinking beer out of champagne glasses. That's mm-hmm. a bit, That's cute. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's when they have the titular, they say the title of the film to us. Always. Always. That's when you, the audience, takes a shot when the movie's title is said. Yeah. The movie. Um, the romantic uh, evening continues. Yeah. But Holly Hunter's always got this sort of, you know, vibe that something's wrong and that uh, yeah. Pete is uh, pushing something and yada yada. I was um, just say before this, uh, Al had suggested uh, that Pete take a job in Flat Rock, mm-hmm. teaching uh, people how to fight fires with planes. Right, but he's no, 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 no. I got to get in the thick of it. Well, he pulls the classic. Yeah, this is a great idea. You should for do you, that. Yeah. for you, Al, not yeah, me, yeah. Pete, the hotshot pilot. Yeah. <laughs> do you? I had a thought during this film. Mm. Do you think this would benefit from a, a swap where John Goodman is the lead and Richard Dreyfuss mm. is the friend? Not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I would say this. I think John could do Pete pretty well. Yeah. I'm not sure. You think Dreyfus still is going to be a problem? I think Dreyfus. I think Dreyfus as Al wouldn't work. <laughs> That's true. Specifically, this '80s era Richard Dreyfus. I don't see it. Yeah. Like it, the and yeah. You know, I mean, that would have been ballsy too, right? If you yeah. got if it was John Goodman, this big husky dude yeah. who's like romantically to Holly Hunter, as opposed to the big husky best friend. Yeah. Who doesn't love me? Yeah. You know? well, I mean, this idea came from... I can't remember if it was either... It was talked about on uh, How Was Your Week, a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember if it was the host Julie Klausner or the guest, Pat Oswald, who first suggested this idea about Splash. Oh. But they wanted to swap there between John Candy and Tom Hanks. Still playing oh. the same characters. So Tom Hanks would still be the straight-laced brother, and John Candy would still be the crazy time brother, but it would be John Candy who fell in love with the mermaid. What? Ooh. And I 100% agree that that would have made a better movie. I've never thought of that. Right? To... Ooh. That's so good, right? Oh. Is it too late to <laughs> remake Splash starring John Candy? Hear me out. Okay. <laughs> I'm working on developing some exciting technology in terms of human should resurrection. Should the audience know about this? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should turn the recording Oh, out. I'm cutting this out. I'm cutting oh, all yeah, this out. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's keep going. Keep going. Like, first off, I love John Candy. I miss him. So go ahead. How are you planning to do this? <laughs> I know. I happen to know a guy who works at the cemetery with John Candy. <laughs> and we're, we're, we've got storms coming up. <laughs> a, lot, a big source of lightning. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm let's go back. Hey, listen. Let's put a pin on that. Yeah. And then we'll uh, talk after the show. Yeah, yeah. After the show. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Always. Always. Is Travis dead yet? Let's talk about this movie. It fucking dragged on. That is also the like I said. The first thirty minutes, pretty decent for me. I was enjoying it enough, and then, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some nuggets throughout that are enjoyable, but it really drags. It drags, and then so okay. Um, they have a romantic evening. They they go to the bone zone. Dorinda mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 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 is basically saying, you know, po- pointing out like full on, hey, listen, I'm tired of your shit too. Uh, I think that's of- the morning after, because mm-hmm. they believe they have the they they establish the sleep shopping thing first. Uh, oh yeah, because she's sleep shopping, mm-hmm. and then he wakes her up. Right. To, to go to the bone zone again? No, he wants to go to the fridge. Oh, that's right, and she yeah. woke up because yeah. <laughs> he like at one point he grabs her and takes her yeah. by the fire. I think the this. speech came before the. Okay. Sleep shopping. So it's like it's in my notes afterwards. It is in my notes afterwards, All right. Justin. All right, listen, I'm not here to question the book. <laughs> <laughs> Don't question my notes. Uh, but the sleep shopping is like a recurring th- thing through the movie. Mm-hmm. It's is it funny to you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that's what it is. It's, it's like, it's, isn't it wacky? He's 
pretending he's talking to her, but she's well, just saying chapstick and toilet paper. Well, and then this goes back to this thing where it's like, it's it clearly a joke they feel is kind of vaguely uh, old Hollywoody. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine. But I feel like there's also the eighties edge question mark. And there lies the problem. <laughs> yeah. And again, why again? The back to the jelly. It's not, yeah. not jelly. If you took that same script, I feel like I wonder. I almost. I kind of wish always. Uh, one academy because there's a school. I remember okay, back when when I was in film school, mm-hmm. there's well, one of the projects we did was take a script that was Academy Award winning. Um, and then just sort of, you can either do it exactly like the movie that came out, uh-huh. or you twist it to how you see fit. Uh-huh. And I remember, like, you know, one guy took uh, Rocky, but changed the cast into, okay. like, a Asian-American cast, okay. and then made it about Kung Fu, huh. for, like, one scene, you know. I like that. Um, you know, so, or my friend took uh, LA Confidential, but turned all the, you know, the... Um, Made it modern. Took uh, one of the scenes, but made it modern. Made all the the cops black guys. Okay. You know, something like that. Yeah. Um, I would have done if always, and clearly it didn't. <laughs> uh, I would have done always, and, and sort of reversed it back to the nineteen forties, yeah. but taken their script. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of those, but then shoot it just like a nineteen forties film. Yeah. Um, and with the music kind of in that style, because I feel like had this a version of script would have done in that style, I feel like. Some of these scenes would work uh, more charmingly. Yeah. But with the 1980s modern feel, it feels off. Yeah. It feels like it doesn't work. It feels like it's not that funny. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, she's begging. So, yeah, anyway, at this well, point, yeah, at some well, point, first, she, yeah. she says she wants to fly. Yeah. Which she had spooked him earlier by by flying real crazy to show him how it feels. Because mm-hmm. we forget to establish it. Yeah, Dorinda's also a pilot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this sets up a, a real kind of lazy arc where he's, it seems like maybe it's a thing where he's like, you're a woman, you shouldn't fly. But then he and gets over that real quick. And he's yeah. Like, eh. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, if it was, because apparently in the original version of the movie, mm-hmm. the Dorinda's character also is a pilot. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting in the yeah. 1940s. Yeah. Um, but then understand, but then at the same time, he probably had a version of that scene. And while I still say it's kind of iffy, mm-hmm. it's the 1940s, yeah. and it's World War II, yeah. I'm going to let that scene slide. Mm-hmm. It now comes off as like, you kind of want to do that scene, but you have to acknowledge that she's a modern woman, so you kind of back off a little bit. Well, the weird thing is, like, there's there there's a, there's other women pilots in this film. There's one yeah. at, the, at the Academy mm-hmm. place. And, like, clearly, society in this movie does not have a problem with it. Yeah. It's just Richard Dreyfuss that does. Which now makes him look more like it. <laughs> yeah, but then like because they don't want to make him look too much like a dick, he never leans too hard on it. So it's like this this perfect storm of like it's still kind of sexist, but right. also doesn't have any real conflict to it. It's just it's kind of right in the middle ground where nothing interesting happens. And that again lies the problem. <laughs> um, well, she gives a big speech mm-hmm. and she says, "You got to take this job in Flat Rock. Mm-hmm. You're driving me crazy." Right. Uh, he says he's not gonna do it, and she cries, and then he says, "I'll do it." Right. Which is like, he, he has learned his lesson as much here right. as he does at the end of the movie. <laughs> like, his big moment at the end of the movie, he doesn't seem to have changed any more than he does in this, in this scene. Moment. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just, I don't know. Um, so, as of course, when you, your hero, when, you're, when your leading character says, I'm going to do something very big and special and romantic for you, yeah. uh, uh, to get away from the, ta- the terrible, dangerous thing... What, of course, that comes next is the terrible, dangerous yeah, thing that she feared. Yeah. <laughs> Actually happening. Um, yeah, Al calls him up. 
says there's a, a huge fire, but they're, they're you know, and it's ironic, hey, it's Pete's day off. Yeah. Should we call him Pete? Too bad. The other two pilots that they got are called in sick. Yeah. So Pete's got to do it. Yeah. Um, she's still pretty into him. She still believes he's going to quit. She says, kiss mm-hmm. me and fly. Yeah. Nice moment. She's thinking, all right, one last ride, and then we're moving to Flat Rock. Mm-hmm. So, but guess what? Yeah. Oh, and, and this is important. Pete says, I love you. But, but she, she can't, can't hear it. Yeah. yeah, because he's yelling over there. So again, like, then he says, I love you. Mm-hmm. And then we have to spend the whole rest of the movie pretending like he needs to learn to say, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, always? What the fuck? Did you forget what you did? <laughs> did you this, forget that you, you had already done it? You literally did this already. <laughs> um, Remember in Star Wars when Luke Skywalker blew up the Death Star in the first ten minutes? And then... He blew up... And then but they, he had to struggle as they could they shoot. just ignored that. <laughs> and then he had to struggle and wonder if he could blow up the Death Star again. Yeah. Which we went, you did. In the first ten minutes, you blew up the Death Star. Yeah. Uh, no, we didn't. They, no, Matt. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, because... That happened know. at the end of the fucking movie. Fuck you, um, <laughs> So I do like Pete's death. I'll say that it's surprising. Yeah, yeah. It's it is nicely heroic. Yeah, uh, and Al's, also yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Al's engine catches on fire, mm. and uh, he's trying everything. Nothing's working, and I was like, uh, I think I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and John Goodman's really great here. It's just this moment where he's sure he's gonna die, and you see it on his face, and he's yeah. like, Oh, John Goodman, I don't want you to die. <laughs> uh, but then Pete's got an idea. He takes a steep dive, mm-hmm. and he puts out the fire on John Goodman's plane. Right. Has trouble pulling up. Mm-hmm. Finally pulls up. Mm-hmm. You think he's safe? He looks over. His engine catches on fire, and then he does. Dreyfus sells the shit out of this moment. Agreed. To be fair, agreed. Yes, he does like a cocky laugh and smile, mm-hmm. and uh, points to the fire and looks at Jungle and like, "Hey, get it? It just ha- I just saved you from this, and now it happens to me." Yeah. And the second he makes that face, <laughs> yeah, plane blows up. Plane blows up. It's a shocking moment. It, yeah, it does work. Uh, so, Pete's dead. Al tells um, Dorinda. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pete's a ghost now. Mm-hmm. Whistling around the wreckage. Mm-hmm. And who does he meet? But... A character named Hap. Hap. Played by... Audrey Hepburn. In her final, final film role. Yeah. Um, it's one of those cases, right, where you go, we need... I can always imagine them going, yeah. we need someone. We need some juice. We need some... Big. We need something on this. We need someone classy. Yeah. Someone huge. Someone very important. Yeah. Let's get Audrey Hepburn. Which my brain's like, that's cool, but <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? What's your butt? hold on? Hold on, right? It's like first off, that's awesome. Yeah. You got Audrey Hepburn. She still looks amazing. <laughs> sixty. She's six right? years old. Right. And she looks fantastic. She looks fantastic. She um and she's very good in her small bits here. Yeah. And, you know, it's cool, mm-hmm. right? No, it was like, I who, who wouldn't want to work with Audrey Hepburn? Who sure. wouldn't want to give an excuse to Audrey Hepburn? Yeah. Here's the problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> that character feels sort of nothing. Yeah. And in the... I, I, here's one thing I did. I found... I haven't watched all of The Guy Named Joe, but I did watch the, their, the original version of that scene. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Pete's in heaven. Yeah. And he's not quite sure. He's, he's actually doing the exact same thing <clears throat> as Pete in, in all ways. Okay. He's kind of whistling. He's kind of... Hey, hey, what's going on? Yeah. And he sees some guy, another guy, kind of waving at him, and well, clearly he's heaven. And yeah. the other guy's like, "Hey, hey, Pete!" Yeah. He's like, "Dicky, hey, man, how you doing? Good, good, Dick, Dick, Dicky, yeah." No, no, I can't be here. You, what do you mean? Well, no, Dicky, you, D- Dicky, you crashed. Yeah. Well, also, you made it. No. <laughs> 
what do you... Wait a minute. And then, it's this, then the scene plays out exactly the same. Yeah. So Dickie is basically doing the message, explaining to him. I think they, I got the name wrong, but yeah, that's the point, right? Yeah. It's a pilot that, that Pete knew mm-hmm. in the war. Clearly he died. And basically it plays out practically the same way yeah. uh, as it did in Always. And the reason it, I was watching all these stuff with Hepburn and I'm like, this is nice, but it feels disconnected again. Yeah. There's no real, like, why a woman besides it being Audrey Hepburn? Yeah. Um, and then it hit me. It's like, there's no real thematic reason for it to be a woman that mm-hmm. does that other than, look, it's God. <laughs> um, like, it's almost like, like Morgan Freeman is God. Why? It's Morgan Freeman. Who cares? Yeah. I almost feel it's the same thing here. It's like, it's Audrey Hepburn. It's kind of like God. Why? Who cares? It's Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. But thematically as a film, like, well, yeah, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Like, yeah. it doesn't, it, so again, it's another not gelling element. Yeah. I mean, she is very good, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't know. This movie. <laughs> so she explains the rules of the oh, movie. Fucking Pete, like, doesn't for a second be like, ah, oh, shit, I promise I was going to go to Flat Rock with her. Mm-hmm. Like, n- yeah. n- no sign of remorse. Still bitching. Whatsoever. <laughs> still cracking wise. Still kind of a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, what so is she- it right here? Oh, so she gives him an assignment. Yep. She says, you're going to be here, you're going to look after this guy. Mm. First thing he does is he makes a man feel bad about the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> Which I get, I'm like, again, oh God, Pete, how how are you still doing this even in death? Yeah. Um, I do like the, I kind of like the way that he, he communicates with the living is that he can kind of just make suggestions. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting dynamic yeah. that the film doesn't really It's a neat idea. Yeah. And that's a part of the reason why I want to watch the original film now. Yeah. Because I got a feeling yeah. that stuff really works. Yeah, there's, th- I think that is very much kind of the, the story of the rest of the film is a lot of stuff that is a really cool idea. Yeah. Poorly executed. Poorly executed, yeah. Um... um yeah, and then like, who's he? Who we find out is the guy he's got to take care of. Uh, uh, Todd. Todd. Yeah. Todd. <laughs> like it, Todd. Todd, the candy gram man, who has become inspired to be a fire duster. Yep. Because uh, of uh, Dorinda. Dorinda, and you know that time he delivered a a letter to uh, the the cute girl at that one place. That's yeah. basically why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got oil on his hand, mm-hmm. which he shakes Al's hand. Al. We find out has taken the flat rock job. Right. Um, he's the head of the. He's the big, the big cheese there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- let's talk about this. This the bit with the oil, mm-hmm. because on all three counts, I don't understand the character motivation. <laughs> there are three characters in this room, mm-hmm. and I I don't really understand what's going on with any of them. All right. So let's start with Todd. Okay. He's got a handful of oil. Yes. He's the new guy at this academy. Wants to make a good impression. And yet shakes Al's hand with a hand full of oil. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole scene, because Todd is such a wet blanket, it is <laughs> unclear to me whether he is doing this as a hilarious joke mm-hmm. or if he's just, like, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which it is. Right. Either way, it does not really fit the scene. No. Um, so that's Todd. That's Todd. Then we've got Al, mm-hmm. who gets the thing on his hand. And previously he had done a bit with a still-alive uh, Pete right. getting oil on his face. Here he he, but he gets it on a cigar, and then he sniffs the cigar, giving himself a little Hitler mustache, mm. and still does not realize it. Does he not smell the oil? I don't see. I don't see how that is. I know it's an audio podcast, but I pointed to Matt when he goes, "Does he not smell the oil?" And yeah. my eyes going, 
Yeah, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> oil is not scentless, guys. It is, well, if there's oil directly under your nose, yeah. I'm going to bet you're going to smell it. Yeah. And then Richard Dreyfus. I mean, I guess it's consistent with his just dickhead character, and, and I but guess, I just still don't like it. Well, it's the thing where here it's, with Richard, yeah, it's like he's he's found an opportunity to fuck with Al one more time, Yeah. but it's this case where when the, he's, it's a dick move, he goes, um, this, you're not doing this this time. You're, again, you're, you're supposed to help the guy. Yeah. You're, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um... And a hilarity ensues because all of a sudden now it's going to light the cigar and it's covered in oil. And... Yeah, also, so that happens. <laughs> and, but mind you, Al's not going to light the cigar. Todd, Todd lights does. the cigar. Which then... So now again, I'm going to ask him, is Todd a, a, a homicidal maniac? <laughs> or is he just fucking stupid? stupid. <sighs> I, I got very scared when that match came out. <laughs> and then how do they resolve that peril? Mm-hmm. Oh, just do- he just doesn't get burned. Yeah. But, you know, but, like, the cigar burns bigger. Yeah. I, you know, it's... <laughs> it doesn't hit the oil covering it, John Goodman's face. It's, it hits me when we're talking about these scenes. It's, it's that thing where I'm like, Stephen, depending on the film, and depending at the moment of the film, comedy is either going to land really hard or be this. Yeah. And it's that thing where I almost go, like, like you felt like the, after 1941, Stephen has never done, like, a flat comedy again. For good reason. For good reason. And this movie is a good, is that reason. Yeah. And this movie borders back to that. Yeah. And once again, I'm reminded, oh, you should not... You're not good at this. He's not... He does not know funny. He does not know... He doesn't. And if that's the main focus of the scene, and, then the, and a lot of movies' moments are funny, you're not good at it. You and know? You, even, like, let's take Jaws, a very good Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. That is very funny. Yeah, times. there are moments in that are funny, but I think the funny in that movie comes exclusively from the characters being the characters. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's a single scene in Jaws where Spielberg sat down and was like, I'm going to I'm gonna create a funny scene here. Yeah. I think it's just all the characters are so great and so fully realized mm-hmm. that humor naturally comes out of it, just like right. it does in real life. Right. Uh, to, that, to use the Coens again, yeah. mind you, uh, mm-hmm. guys who are very modern filmmakers mm-hmm. um, who can do this kind of humor yes. in their very sleep. Well. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think it's this weird case of properly directing the actors. Sorry, my dog is licking something on the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't care for that. <laughs> um, it's a combination of casting I'm maintaining properly. the streak of my dog interrupting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what show it's on. <laughs> yeah. No matter if you're, if, find a way if you're listening to Shut Up Leonard, <laughs> formerly Shut Up Leonard, yeah. Pop, so did you, you record Pop School's here? Uh, no, but I mean, Nucky still lives with me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But no, it's like... Oh well, that's yeah. a that's a Benson tradition. <laughs> when I record, anyway. Um, but no, it's like yeah, with the Coen Brothers, like they they get the right they they direct the actors correctly mm-hmm. to do those kind of scenes. Yes, and it comes off as that flavor of the of an old Hollywood comedy. Yeah, but not feeling like they're trying too hard. Oh yeah, you want to see just a fucking masterclass in that? Watch the Hudsucker Proxy. Oh god, there. if you have not, it is so good. Even like one of their lesser movies, like Intolerable Cruelty, and it's a lesser movie. Yeah. Um. I feel like the their attempt to try to do a little bit more of that in a modern movie still works better. Yeah. Than always. Yes, I'll, I'll agree one hundred percent with that. <laughs> um, so what happens next? What do we got here? Well, let's see. Um, uh, Al's chilling out. Pete doesn't like that he that he treats it like a vacation mm-hmm. because Al's got like a, a cooler full of Twinkies and Dorito with a long straw. You know what's funny? As a child, uh-huh. I would have fucking went nuts over that idea. Oh, that's a dream, right? Right? <laughs> that looks amazing. As I'm an old, thir- as I'm a 32 year old man now, yeah. I'm going, 
Oh man, John Goodman, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he then he busts out the ultimate sad maneuver. What's that? Putting a straw in the Twinkie yeah. to drink the Twinkie cream. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Have you ever attempted that? No. I did it as a kid. I tried it. How did that work out? It doesn't you? work. Of course. So I think, no. Obviously. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's super thick. Yeah. And you got a, cl a clog of cake. Yeah. Of course it doesn't work. Come <laughs> on, you fool. You should know better. <laughs> um... So everyone's screwing up the fire. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete still not really getting the point of this. Uh, directs him to dump the red water. What is that stuff? Yeah, a chemical. Yeah, it's like a clay right. chemical I don't know compound thing. Enough about the thing. Yeah, but he dumps it all on Al. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a real dick move. <laughs> we get back to like the base. Mm -hmm. Todd's singing the song with Keith David. Keith motherfucking David's in always. Super underutilized in this film. What a waste. Right? What a wa they've got Keith David just sitting there. And you know what? They Live came out two years ago. Yeah. So it's not like they say, oh, we didn't know Keith David was great in Bullshit. 1999. Bullshit. He's fucked Roddy Piper for 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Everyone on Earth knew how great Keith David could be. And you put him in your movie just to stand there and get his plane stolen at the end. Come on, always. <laughs> Don't tease me with Keith David. Don't get me all excited for Keith David and then give me nothing. <laughs> Al comes back. He's covered in clay. Uh -huh. Fires Todd. Mm -hmm. uh, Rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, Ted. I know he might just, the joke is going on. I just want to do my point at the audience. I'm aware his name is Ted. I but his not. name is Todd. I am not. <laughs> Despite the fact that Justin just said it, I'm still not aware of what Todd's supposed actual name is. Thus is proving my point five minutes ago. Now, <laughs> um... So, but they, Keith David says, hey, we're going to have a farewell party for you. Mm-hmm. Which is the most we see Keith David in this film. Is that, not the farewell party, is mm -hmm. that line, hey, we're going to have a farewell party yeah. for you. Uh, they go to the party. This lady's got the hots for uh, Rachel. Her name was, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say this is uh, a, a, a few uh, one slight slight. I did. I'm having a stroke. One slight. Oh my god. <laughs> one slightly successful moment of comedy, mm. uh, where I think his wet leggedness kind of plays to his advantage here, where mm. the bartender asks what they want to drink, mm. and uh, Richard Drivers orders a martini. Don't forget the olive. Mm. Uh, but because he is still, without realizing it, directing Todd, yeah. Todd says root beer. Don't forget the olive. <laughs> and, then, and then when the drink comes, he just looks at it like, "Why is there all?" <laughs> that is a fun moment. I will, I will give you that always. Yeah. Um. um yeah, that's a decent moment. Mm. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why they introduced Rachel here. Mm -hmm. I don't know other than it's like. It well, she introduced. I mean, she was introduced earlier. In oh yeah, yeah, but I mean, as a as a romantic. As a non romantic option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what she ended up becoming. Yes. She became a non romantic option, and then after one more appearance later, she then disappears from the movie. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah, it's kind of a weird waste. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, nothing against her. She's good. I like her in her first scene. Yeah, she she has a good uh, moment in the first scene actually, where mm. he's she's directing Todd to Al's office and she says it's a sign next to uh, uh, the door that says "woman." I'm the woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. No, that's a good though. I like. Here's my thing. I like Rachel. Yeah, Rachel's great. Yeah. Why is she in the movie? More? Why is she in the movie more? Let's um, see a movie starring Rachel, Keith, David, and John Goodman. That's what I want to see. Oh, that's a movie I'd watch. Right? That's a movie I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was not meant to be. So. Uh, because uh, he's very awkward with her, and it's because he's still he's he's still in love with Dorinda, a woman he saw once. Right. Um, Al's visiting Holly. Mm -hmm. They're watching uh, Dan Aykroyd. 
Uh, it's yeah, Julia man, Child. it is. Isn't it kind of funny how Dan keeps popping up? Yeah, <laughs> in one way or another. I was yeah. watching, and again, like here's the, it's either Dan's uh, cameo in uh, in Temple, mm-hmm. or uh, Dan, you know, or, or you know, obviously since start 1941, Dan was in it prominently. Yeah. But here it's like yet again, Dan Aykroyd sneaking away and sneaking his way in, and went, Stephen, you really like this guy. Yeah, well, that's funny. <laughs> and Dan likes him. His, yeah. his vodka based on one of Spielberg's worst films taught us. If you don't want to buy that vodka, don't. We're not going to tell you the name. Now, um, <laughs> yeah, Crystal Skull, right? Crystal Skull vodka. That's so weird. Yeah. That Anywho, is, it's so. Let's just talk for a second about how fucking weird that is. That Dan Aykroyd, of his own accord, went out and made a Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull specifically branded vodka. Dan Aykroyd, not officially branded because no. he like he's like, oh, it's just it's in a. It's, Crystal Skull. It's just a cool bottle. It's based off of like I think it's kind of based off of like actual yeah. alien or something. Yeah. He's like Dan Aykroyd's. I like him, but he's a, he's a weird dude. Yeah. He's a weird cat, and um, I I don't know about anything he does either, <laughs> but I can say, man, man, huh? Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good film. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. Um. Where are we? Uh, yeah, so basically... Oh, yeah, so they're watching him yeah, play Julia Child. Yeah. Al's loving it. Right. And Delinda... Dorinda's, like, not even there. And Al's yeah. basically going, like, all right, listen, I need a new pilot. I need more pilots. Mm-hmm. I need more people to help me out. You are fucking wasting your your, your talents as a, as a given person, yeah. as a given being, and as a pilot uh, working air traffic control. So get your shit. You're going with me. She didn't want to go because she was supposed to go with Pete. Yep. And then Al gets real pissed off. <laughs> He's like, hey, I miss him too, but you quit throwing away your life away, you mm-hmm. stupid. It's a pretty... It's it a pretty real. Dis- it's, a good, it's, a, it's a good showcase for, for John. Yeah. Um, and a pretty solid use of, of Holly here. But definitely, like, yeah, it's... A, you know... Uh, and I guess it worked, because clearly, guess, who, guess who's flying in her plane? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then let's break down what happens next, which is we go to a weird warehouse. Yeah, Ted flies We're, off. Why? Because okay, guess this is what, because he got fired. He got fired. So Ted's but flying off. Why does he go to this weird warehouse? Um. Well. Okay. Uh, he had to land. I feel like he had to land. Because I looked away for two seconds yeah. and I I got oh. completely lost. He had to land because of some storm was kind of hitting the okay. skies. So he had to land somewhere and magically there's a lightning bolt that hits a clearly like abandoned okay. air uh, like another like abandoned like, yeah, like aviation hangar. Um. And so yeah, I know. Uh, Ted's you know lands over there and you know. There's a there's a crazy hobo played by the guy in eighties movies who's usually the crazy hobo. Is actually, he the old man at Home Alone. Actually, I was gonna yeah, I think he is. Okay. I almost wonder if he was the old man from the first the pilot episode of Amazing Stories, but I might we be did wrong we did learn that the guy from the pilot episode of Amazing Stories was the guy from Home Alone. Then therefore, so if these are all true, if one of these is true, they're all true. I could look it up, but eh. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, now, okay. Follow up question. Why is this scene in the movie? Because well, from uh-huh. my perspective, yes. what happened was Rachel flirted with uh, Todd at the bar, mm-hmm. and Todd was like, "No thanks, I I gotta go after Dorinda." And in this scene, the old man convinces him that he's gotta go after Dorinda. <laughs> so what exactly has transpired here? <laughs> well, um, here's another thing too, right? It sets up something because in the scene, like uh, Pete is is talking. Is is talking to the to the hope to the homeless man. The, the homeless man can hear him. And here, yeah. more or less, he's almost using. He thinks he can use the homeless man kind of like as a conduit. As a conduit, 
But it's clear that it's still not 100%, and yeah. so he's only using chunk of it. Yeah. And so if he says, like, don't go to Dorinda, mm-hmm. all a homeless man says is, go to Dorinda. Go to Dorinda. That's... Here's the problem with that, right? It's like, it's a neat... It's one of those... That's a neat scene. A scene that I'm not even... I'm pretty sure it's not even the original movie. Yeah. Unless I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's a neat idea, right? Yeah. But again... Why? Like yeah. you said, this, this doesn't this doesn't lead it to anything. Something else that happens later in the film. Yeah. This trick isn't utilized in another part of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's not something that's it's not the gun in Act One that you, yeah. that's shot in Act Three. It's not like he goes back to this hangar again mm-hmm. and, and this time he gets the right message across. Or he finds moments. another crazy homeless person yeah. and tries to talk to the. No, it's, it's it's one scene idea that's like that's cool. It's cool. So and then that's it. It definitely should be in the movie. <laughs> it definitely should not. That, that's one of those... That's a deleted scene. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't work. No. Um, it doesn't. Uh, Ta- uh, so, now, uh, uh, so Dorinda is at the base now. Mm-hmm. Todd Pete, is Pete set her up in a nice house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Todd's, got, Todd's back. She's got a cat who's mm-hmm. just there as a prop to, <laughs> to give her a reason to like Todd. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, um kind of craziness ensues that basically now had uh Todd meet and find out that Dorinda's not at the base. Uh yeah. and I guess like at first Al's all pissed off that you know like Todd, Ted, fuck it. You're here, you should be gone. And but he's catching on to the idea that uh, Dorinda likes Todd. Likes Todd. Yeah. And he sees that as an opportunity of like Oh. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that, that boy's sweet D <laughs> to heal my friend Dorinda. <laughs> Which I say, hey, that's kind of, I kind of relate that about Al. Yeah. That again, again, we love Al clearly. Al's great. But it's like, you know, he's like this thing. Like, yeah, he pointed like, you know, he's not there to go like, no, no, you only love Pete. Even after death, you love Pete. He's like, yeah. no, no, he knows this is. Something like this. You gotta heal. You gotta gotta go out there and get some sexual healing. Just like the song says. And this guy, this motherfucker right here looks like Clark Kent. (laughs) (laughs) Get those glasses on. Looks like goddamn Superman. And then you tear off his shirt to find that S. (laughs) 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 So he he hires Baker back. Yeah. Todd. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. I called him by (laughs) his last name. Um... uh, and then a lot of shit this happens. This love story is fucking bonkers. Can we talk about this? Uh-huh. So, at several points in the film, and I'm kind of keen to just throw out my notes at this point, because I feel like at this at this point it's on a set track, which is just them falling in love. Right. Um, but there are several key points where we see that the reason she's attracted to Todd is because he is sort of uh, unconsciously adopting Pete's mannerisms. Which is saying all kinds of bad things. <laughs> yes, it is. Because it's a thing where it's like... If she's falling in love with Todd because of Todd's personality, which he does not have, yeah. but if he had a personality, yeah. then it's almost interesting. Mm-hmm. But here, because he's reflecting and accidentally, not even, and not accidentally, he's not even aware he's doing this. Yeah, because Pete's just in the room using his ghost powers. Yeah, basically like puppeteering him. Yeah. Um, she's only it's it comes off to me it's like it's coming up like this is like backwards dorinda you're falling in love with this guy because Pete he reminds Mon- you of Pete. yeah that's not good that's not good <laughs> and also from let's talk about it from pete's point of view because mm-hmm. on the one hand it's like hey i'd rather not have my unfinished business be hooking my woman up with another guy right on the other hand 
he gets to doing it like pretty quick. <laughs> like he's less reluctant about this than he was about helping him be a good pilot. Weirdly, <laughs> so I just it's the psychology of, you know, of everyone involved. Everyone involved is except Al <laughs> is real shaky. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And again, in terms of humor, right, there's this dinner scene that Dorinda, like, uh, she buys, like, some sort of clearly, like, takeout food. Well, she tries to make it look like she's the one who cooked. Yeah. To which I go, how well does that work until when you realize that you actually can't make any of that food? And that doesn't... And again... That's not a problem anyway, so don't worry about... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the acts playing in that scene, too. I feel like that (laughs) movie was already ten years past overused in movies. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, another weird awkward scene is them tra- like driving off into the city to get pick up supplies. Yeah. And it's one of those scenes where it's like, I understand why I would have a crush on Dorinda in these moments. She's yeah. really charming. She's kind of goofy. Yeah. She's super cool and laid back, takes no shit. I understand. Yeah. But if I'm turning the camera towards the other end, I'm like, I don't get why you like Ted Todd. Yeah, because you did a bad John Wayne impression. Yeah, oh my mind you, it's shit. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, here's the, like, it's... And yet Pete's, like, way into it. Because no, Pete's, Pete's like, in the back, like, John Wayne. why can't you get the best John Wayne? Like, if it's a good John Wayne impersonation, yeah. I would have bought it. Because <laughs> the joke would have been, like, if the joke was, he does a really great John Wayne impersonation... But it doesn't impress her. But she, but she doesn't know what it is. Yeah. And and Pete's in the back going, "What the fuck? Are you kidding me? That's John Wayne." Yeah. That's not how the scene works. No, because it's not a good. John it's a person. shitty impersonation, yeah. and and it's just like not fun. It's like, not, there's no. Fun. There's nothing. It's the flirty does not exist. <laughs> it's, here. it's like a, it's like a nightmare scenario where it's like, <laughs> yeah, like I've talked to people like Todd, and I've been in this conversation, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's just not a place you want to be. I'll put it last. Dorinda, get the hell out of there. Here's the thing. Last week, I did an absolutely shitty Al Pacino impersonation uh-huh. to my coworker, yeah. and she gave me that look of the fuck was that, uh-huh. and then I shut up. Yeah, because I realized that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Pull a Todd and be like, "How dumb are you that you can't tell who this is?" Uh, then there's a weird little aside where a school bus driver almost dies and Todd saves his life because it shows that Todd's a good guy. I'm sure. Did, I, no, no, did you see? Right, that's my tone. I'm yeah. like, I guess. Why did I? This movie's nearly two hours long, <laughs> um, and it feels like three. Um, I don't care about most of the stuff that happens next. Uh, yeah, we have the dinner. Uh, she's telling she's only talking about Pete at, mm-hmm. at the dinner mm-hmm. uh, which Todd is like cool with because I guess because that's his move is reminding right. her of Pete like so, he, like he, a, he's a, sort of like, kind of a little annoyed with it but then he's kind of cool with it at the end and then fucking so bad. and then we get uh, and then she gets sad about Pete mm-hmm. and then uh, he says something he says oh it's your birthday she says it's not my birthday she says, it must be because it was your birthday this time last year yeah because I was the guy who gave you the candy gram and we find out it's actually a year since the accident which is like what what, what does that mean like why is that significant it would have been significant because it would have proved the if it would have had Pete that really realized, oh my god, because the whole point, they even half Hepburn's character brings up the fact, time acts a little weird here. Yeah. To you, it's 20 minutes after your death. It's actually been six months. Yeah. So for him, for Pete, he'd think, oh, I've only been here for like, what, a week? Uh, no, it's now like several months. Yeah. Uh, in. And now it's a year after your death. 
I mean, I don't see it doesn't. But like, it, it, you're not. But the fact you're not getting it is, and I have to explain it doesn't make you an idiot. No, I got it. The, just doesn't work. <laughs> well, yeah, I got the time was weird there. I just don't. I don't see why that's significant to Pete at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it doesn't. It doesn't make this love story seem any more realistic. It doesn't also. Yeah, no. It is a thing, right? I can't, I sort of get why Pete had to know about it. Yeah. But it doesn't. But the long run is, it's sort of. There's no real actual like dramatic thing that yeah, happened in the ju- realization. It's treated way more dramatic than it actually. Is. Yeah, it doesn't feel. And again, it's just again the offness of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then Dorinda gives Todd some sex eyes. She gives him those bedroom eyes, in like the midst of her being sad about Pete. Yeah. And then they and kiss. Todd's like, sure, why not? Because I'm a wet blanket. And, I really um, hate Todd. I'm sorry. I just really. And a wet blanket who's like. Maybe it's a little bit because at this point in the dinner, mind you, she has said more than once how he reminds her of Pete. Yeah, and she's she goes hard right from like crying about Pete to kissing him. Yeah, does Todd not say like, "Hey, this feels kind of like I'm taking advantage of a woman who's mourning. Maybe nope. I should step away from the situation." Hey, maybe it's unfair for you to keep thinking that I remind you of the man you love. Yeah, no, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say any of these things. He just, he's a puppet. He just, he's a meat puppet for Pete, who's crying on the other side of the room because he's actually dead. <laughs> this movie's so weird. <laughs> this, is a, this is a horror story. Is this, maybe this is an accidental horror story. Uh, anyway. Again, a genre that Stephen probably should have stuck around. <laughs> yeah. um, Cap comes back. Check in, I guess. She, she little... you do, listen, you don't hire Audrey Hepburn to be in yeah. one scene. Exactly. You put her in a minimum two. Well, it's like she's like, hey, they kissed. You did it. But you still got more work to do. It's like this weird thing where she does this like swerve where she's like, hey, you're done. Oh, no, actually, shit. Fought, fought. I was wrong. I was, I messed up. You're still, you got more to go. I'm fucking kidding. No, you have to like, you have way more shit to take care of. Um, uh, yeah. Here I wrote, go home, Ted. I wrote Ted. I don't know why. His name is clearly Todd, but for some reason in my notes, I wrote Ted. I mean, who knows why I wrote that? There are so many points in this <laughs> one that I could have written that, I feel like. Uh, but, uh, oh, she tells him to go home. Yeah. Then she puts on her dress mm-hmm. and just has some real creepy time <laughs> hanging out in the dress. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't judge her. She's in mourning. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a semi... It, this is one of those... That didn't bother me. It's one of those like kind of semi... Yeah. You know, like, It'd be like if this was a better movie. That scene would be a little touchy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's surrounded by a lot of things that's clearly annoying you and me. So. Yeah. <laughs> then we get the, the callback to the sleep talking. Mm-hmm. Um... And he's actually is sort of able to communicate with her. Right. Pete is able to communicate with Dorinda, sort of, here. Mm-hmm. Properly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, doesn't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> Hap shows up again. Don't know why. <laughs> um, but guess what? So it's the next day, and she's idly... And here's where it gets, to me, super creepy, her, mm-hmm. the, you know, sublimating Pete for Todd in her mind. She's on, like, the call sheet, and she sees the name, and I... Again, this is weird. I can't think of how this would make sense in the movie unless his name was Ted. I know his name is Todd. But for this to make sense, let's just say his name is Ted. Mm-hmm. It says Ted Baker. And then she scratches out the, the D and writes P-E before so that it says Pete. And it's like, holy shit, Dorinda. You've got a problem. You need to get away from this guy. Because this is not a healthy way to that relationship. Um, but then some shit's going down. There's mm-hmm. a big old fire. Right. 
And uh, Pete switches gears to helping Todd with his playing career again. Because <laughs> he's like, oh shit, right. That's what yeah. I actually came here to do. Um, so he convinces Todd to take the initiative. Because Todd's super great at flying now because he's absorbed Pete's ghost energy <laughs> to become a good pilot. Yeah. Uh, it's clear, well, clearly, you seen those sunglasses he's wearing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's signifying that he's a great pilot now. Oh. Um, so he, he takes initiative, goes over Jungleman's head to be like, we're close to the other place. We're coming out. We're going to fight this fire. It's going to be me and Keith Dave, and we're going to have a good time. And John Goodman's like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I like your moxie, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Pete pushes him to that a little, too. Yeah. Uh, but then, just when we're thinking, I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking I can salvage this movie for a moment. Todd's a wet blanket, but if, if it's any situation where it's someone and Keith David going out having an adventure, fuck yeah, I'm down. But guess what? It's not Todd and Keith David because Dorinda steals Keith David's plane. Right. Now, that, that would have been fine. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing. Part of me is like, uh, first off, I, I, if it was Dorinda and Keith David. Oh, yeah. If, that, if there was a way to get Dorinda and Keith David, that would be, be fine. ideal. That would be ideal. But um, here's the thing. Part of me is as I'm watching the movie, I'm conflicted about this finale. Mm-hmm. One, where I'm like, well, truth be told, A, I hate Todd. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually don't mind Dorinda taking over the finale. Cause wait is... a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. So does Todd even fly his plane at the end? No. Like, <laughs> no. Why not? Because she stole Keith David's plane. She didn't steal yeah. his plane. Yep. And uh, that sorry. was. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin. I can't do this. <laughs> All right, so that was. Um, that was always. Um, check me out on Twitter at uh, Justin Kezon. Um, right for Agents of Guard. Um, Matt. Um, Matt host. Uh, you know, uh, Benson's Boombox Popsicles. Uh, <laughs> um. You can check out other Matt's great shows. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me finish it. Uh, I just uh, I went and washed my hands in a symbolic gesture <laughs> because I like to literally wash my hands of this. I was trying to see how much how much can I do Matt's outro. I kind of without, without I was, Matt here, kind of see like how much can I pull that off. I was tempted to just really end the episode there. All right, but let me okay, let me try to explain something here then. Uh, yeah. Even though I'm still not happy, I'm super happy with the, with this. Right. There's yeah. a part of me goes like I kind of get like I said I don't like Todd, so I kind of. Because the part of me is like doesn't mind the finale giving going to Dorinda. Yeah. Because she is in the end, this yeah. is this is she's more important to the story than Wet Blanket. Yeah. And yet then it hits me. But the but the rules of the movie is. Why the fuck is Pete here if he's not gonna help Todd in the end? Because right? Because right. <laughs> the rule of the story, the rule that they get was like you're supposed to help Todd. So why but then why what why Todd period? Right? Uh, yeah. Right. And so oh man, and then we so yeah, but Dorinda does really well and she takes fire out. And then she she loses pressure. And then, you know, the, the you know, she she crashes into the water and then we well, get yeah, Pete, yeah. Pete Pete makes sure that she kind of at least like kind of successfully is crashed. Not death. Oh yeah, before they crash there's a moment where Pete sort of oh, sure. tells tells her Finally tells her he loves her, which he couldn't do except for that part earlier in the fucking movie where he already did it. But she didn't hear it this time. <laughs> well, she I didn't hear it this time either. Oh, she brushed her hair out of the way. She didn't consciously hear it. She Oh, she knew he loved her? Yeah, guess what? Deep down, she fucking knew earlier. Fuck this movie. I'm tempted to leave again. 
I'm sorry, Justin. Go ahead. I got enough time to that. Um, I will say this, and this is one of the things. There, there are moments in, in many moments after this film, mm-hmm. in Spielberg's career, where sappy. Yeah. And I mean intense sappy. Yeah. And I'm like sugary coated sappy. Yeah. It's so bad for me that yeah. I go, no. It happened, clearly, during uh, Kick the Can. Yes. <laughs> Um, it's going to happen again in other films after this movie. Yeah. And I will I argue this is not my least favorite Spielberg movie. We'll, we will get there. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I w- it might be my least favorite that we've watched so, so far on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but it is, in my experience, it is not my least favorite that I've no. seen ever. And I definitely, I'll say this, like the, the moments, there are moments in other Spielberg movies uh-huh. after this, which I want to like, go, like, just, just. You're drowning me in sugar. Yeah. This movie doesn't do that. Except uh-huh. this one shot when Pete, as a Pete, gives his hand out to Dorinda. <laughs> yeah, because the plane's underwater. <laughs> and he's kind of talking to her. Uh-huh. He's talking to her, and he's ghost-like and angelic in the water. And, and then Dorinda grabs for Pete's hand, and they're swimming up to the... To the surface, yeah, and, and Pete don't... becomes corporeal for a minute to pull her out of and the plane this, somehow. And he's talking underwater with no <laughs> bubbles, and he's speaking clearly. Well, he's a ghost. Well, he's a ghost. Come on. <laughs> and that's that moment in the movie where went, no, I no, that's yeah. too much. It is too much, especially since this scene ends with him being like, "Cool, go fuck Todd now," <laughs> because that is essentially what happens. Yeah, and the movie went over. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, oh, wait, then we can clearly hear how, what Matt feels about the film. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear what you feel about the film, too. It's pretty much that. I was like, to me, this is... Uh, I feel like there's every... There, okay, in every Spielberg movie, there's something about it that I enjoy. Oh, sure. I mean, this and had moments that I liked. There's, this, I say, there's more moments I enjoyed here than I did in 1941. I'll agree with that as well. Yeah. I just think I might hate the moments that I hate in this more than I hate 1941. And, and that one I actually will agree with there. <laughs> um, but I feel like... Uh, yeah, here's the thing. I feel whereas 1941 is a disaster. Yeah. It's a disaster of a movie. Yeah. Um, this feels like a um, a misguided film. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I'll I'll I I would agree to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think it just there was misplaced enthusiasm. Yeah. I think it's not what I would describe here. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, they were very excited for some very superficial elements of this film mm-hmm. and just didn't nail down any of the bones, any of the, any, anything that really mattered. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the result you can see for yourself. Mm-hmm. And also it didn't do that well too when it came out. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it's definitely always as I will guarantee you of the eighties and we are now finally at the end of the eighties yeah. era of Spielberg. Uh, always is that movie when people think of Spielberg, uh-huh. they go, "Oh yeah, always." Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a shame because I feel like the '80s was a real hot decade for Spielberg, mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it closes out on this one. It's just kind of a, a letdown. Because also, I mean, yeah, I mean, like we haven't most movies just have that time, but we haven't even touched the the other produced movies. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of guys who are, who are following us are going, "You did Super Eight, but you didn't do an episode on Poltergeist. You didn't do an episode of Back to the Future. You didn't do an episode Listen, of Goonies." Guys. We're going to do episodes on those. Yeah. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. Uh, Chill the fuck out. We should get to them soon, actually. You know what? Those guys are right. We should get to them. I know. It's like, no. Actually, yeah. Hey, you know what? 
Good on you. You're Here's what I'm going to propose. Mm. A trilogy of episodes. Mm-hmm. One about the Back to the Future trilogy. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, which may have to be a two-part, like our Jaws episode, based on the love that I know. It's, uh, Back to the Future is both of our favorite movies of all time, right? So that's going to get really long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, a Poltergeist episode, mm-hmm. a Poltergeist episode, Poltergeist episode, and a Goonies episode. Right. And then I think that'll that'll. Would that please it. you guys? Is that all right? I, you know what? I agree with them. <laughs> Sorry. So you know, sometimes I just get really mad at people who are trying to tell oh, me how to sure. do my job. <laughs> And you know what? No, you're right. Because you know what? <laughs> Guess what? We already agree with you. You don't need to tell us. <laughs> but, I mean, this is the end of the 80s in terms of his directorial work. Yeah. So, um... And you're right. It is kind of like... Even, like, Empire of the Sun doesn't really nail it for me, but I appreciate the ambition. Yeah. Um, here it's, uh... I guess it's almost fitting, right? Because, like, Last Crusade is the... Oh, yeah, that Indiana Jones film... Uh, yeah, to you and me, I'm, I know a lot of people really... Uh, to be fair, I know a lot of people love that movie. Not with a bang, but a whimper, huh? That, that's Spielberg's 80s. Yeah, like, yeah. In terms of everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the 90s were also a big decade for Spielberg. Yes. So we're, you know, we're, we're diving into that frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to say about Always? Um... No, I mean, yeah, I think you, your, your, your terms are, is pretty strong to me. Misguided, uh, uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, clearly, um clouds this movie yeah and because of that it's it's i would say there's never been a movie a, a Spielberg, so far we've seen so many of these spielberg movies and tv shows uh that i can say even when he's not the movie is 100 working he does somehow in one way or another deliver directorially in one way or another yeah even if it's a sequence even if it's a shot yeah even if it's just a, a small moment mm-hmm. um it something in the movie will work and you and I'll be impressed with it, mm-hmm. um, but when it doesn't connect, oh yeah. man, it doesn't connect. And this is the case of like, oh, I see why I always opened at number five when it came out. Yeah. Um, so that's that on my end. How about you? Um, yeah, I'll agree. <laughs> I just want to get wrap this up. The movie itself was long enough. We don't need to keep going on. <laughs> you know what I watched uh, yesterday mm. in the theater? In the theater, I okay. watched a little film called London Has Fallen. Uh, that's real bad. <laughs> but you know what I appreciate about London Has Fallen? Mm. It's certainly not the case with Always. Mm. It was like lightning. London Has Fallen <laughs> moves quick. It, 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 it's all bad things. But it, you, it, it, when you get to the end, you're like, oh, it's already over. That's nice. <laughs> uh, so that's I, I kind of appreciate uh, movies that have the sense to sort of mercy kill themselves. Like, you know what? Time. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will say, London is well moved quick through most of it. There was, like, three unnecessary scenes tacked on the end. Just, I just thumb tacked right on the end. I've never seen Olympus Has Fallen, and I forgot that London Has Fallen has come out. I'll, I'll tell you so. what happened was, I had two hours to kill and movie pass, and sometimes that can be a dangerous thing. That's true. Uh, but we're, that's, that's it for the Always episode. Uh, are you got any plugs for us, Justin? Oh, plugs, plugs, plugs. Um, let's see here. I will... Um... Now you get old fashioned. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Keyson. Again, I made this joke earlier, but let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, you find me on Twitter at Justin Keyson. Um, again, find me and my writings and musings at agentsofgar.com. Um, and then, yeah, nothing, nothing super crazy. Cool. Oh, actually, I will say uh, I'm not sure. No, our episode will drop on the fifteenth, but I actually am going to be uh, a special guest on uh, Radio. Brenda Man. Nice. Uh, this coming Monday, which is the 12th. That sounds right to me, numbers yeah. wise. <laughs> so, um, we'll. No, it doesn't. 
Because this coming Monday, today is Monday, and oh, it's so, the 7th, so, so it'll, it'll be, be the 14th. The 14th, thank you. Yeah. So be, uh, I'm recording that episode on the 14th, so... On Friday. Uh, hey! <laughs> nice. I will eat one then that day. But um, we will uh, record uh, that night, and uh, when does Brando's episode usually drop? They usually go up pretty quick. Pretty quick, so yeah. this that week you will both... Yeah, it'll probably be out by the time you hear this. That's cool. Hey, check that out. You get yeah. this, <laughs> and then you can hear me on, uh, on Brendan's episode, uh, Brendan's show, so... That's what, that's what I got going on. Check that out. Um, anything else? Did I'm you say Agents of Guard? I said Agents of Guard. I think I, I, think I blacked out for I a second. Did, no, no. I was in an always coma. <laughs> <laughs> um, go to webmeanetwork.com. Check out all the great shows on there. Shows like uh, Popsicles with uh, the aforementioned Brennan Creasy. Shows like uh, the now dead Shut Up Leonard. Uh, shows <laughs> like uh, Benson's Boombox. Actually, I've recorded one that I haven't uploaded yet. I'll probably will have uploaded it by the time you hear this. Uh, so new Benson's Boombox that's exciting they're all on BenvyNetwork.com and you know what else is uh, on BenvyNetwork.com a new show called the Podcast Preview uh, it's uh, uh, where this guy Aaron he uh, tells you which podcast you should be listening to and he's got cool guests he just had uh, Mike Mitchell and Nick Weiger from the Doughboys on his podcast this is the podcast about podcasts? yes that's crazy and it's really good <laughs> it's called the Podcast Preview that's pretty cool and it's on BenviewNetwork.com. Uh, I'll second, since I blacked out when he said it, I'll also say go to Agents of Guard. Uh, you can check out my X-Files reviews on there. If you like me complaining about pop culture, which if you listen to this episode, you clearly do, <laughs> you can get a good dose of that in written form in my X-Files reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did the he did the, the entirety of the, the special six-episode six season. Yeah. Um, it was mostly bad. It was... Uh, yeah. There was some good in there. There was some good. Uh, but... Uh, would read his reviews to find every nook and cranny detail yeah, of how he feels about it. Fucking last episode. <laughs> you can read, read about that on agentsofguard.com. <laughs> uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. Follow this show on Twitter at BenOnSteve. Write us an email at BenViewOnSpielberg.com. Nope. Write us an email at BenViewOnSpielberg at gmail.com. Uh, and and uh, do things on iTunes. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Those all help us out and make us feel warm inside. And uh, next week, we'll month. see you to talk about... Next month. What did I say next week? week? Yeah. Next month. So listen, sometimes time works weird here. So, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, Justin, no, no. You're dead. I'm what? sorry. No, no, no. no I just cr- I'm an angel, so... And, then we, and my life is recording a podcast with you only? Yeah, that's it. Well, that's not so bad. Everything hey. outside. <laughs> no, uh, next month, excuse me, next month, we will... One of two things, because his next credit is a... Looks like some kind of TV movie or something called The Visionary, which he co-directed. Mm-hmm. If we find a way to hunt that down, we'll do that. If not, it'll be Hook. Yeah. So, you'll find out. Yeah. Either you'll be, yay, or, oh, I mean, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, could you figure out what the hell the visionary was? I do, okay, I'm just looking at IMDb right now. But no, what, is, what is next? Went, the visionary? This is 1990 video on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Spielberg co-directed it, which is interesting, with someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no cast list. There's, there's a plot description on IMDb. Why don't you crack that off for me? An Indian, an American Indian and his wife are in crisis. Their psychiatrist overcomes tribal prejudice to get an Indian medicine man to help them. The healing ceremony proves as harrowing for the psychiatrist as it is for the couple, yet only true enlightenment can set the human spirit free. What is this? Yeah, what the hell is this <laughs> And it's an hour and 30 minutes long, so apparently. So it's feature film life. It's feature, yeah, it's a western. Yeah. Um, and a direct... 
the, the guy who's co-directed this thing with Spielberg is some dude named Douglas Day Stewart. Oh, apparently known for directing uh, uh, stuff I've never heard of. Um, so okay. <laughs> I got excited. I realized, oh, he didn't direct that. Never so mind. it'll either be that thing or Hook. Let's. We'll find you, out. See you next month. Tears <laughs> I cannot hide. there in Benview Podcast Land. My name is Josh, and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games, or more accurately, listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.